0: Well, hello, my friend. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Dear Matchmaker. I'm so excited to have you here with me today. Uh, Welcome to the show. I am your host with the most matchmaker and dating coach, Kat Cantrell. Welcome to my little uh, home away from home. So my uh, goal here at Dear Matchmaker is to not only answer your questions, so you can submit your questions and we answer them here, but also to bring experts and i have another matchmaker i'm going to be sharing with you today it's the first matchmaker i've actually had other than myself here on dear matchmaker and i'm so excited to uh bring her to you because it was when i was uh telling her about this show i was i was like i just want to have an open conversation and the more her and i talk to one another um the more i you know we realize that our Uh, we have the same philosophies, which is incredible. And um, anyway, so I can't wait to dive into that. I'm going to give you her uh, intro in just a moment. But before I do, just as a little reminder, this uh, show is brought to you by uh, my agency, theheartagency.com. I offer matchmaking, dating coaching, uh, singles events. Uh, I do a live dating game show and so much more. And if you listen to this show and you say to yourself, okay, Uh, It's heading into 2023. I am, I've been single this year, or maybe you have just had some incredible uh, bad luck when it comes to dating and you're ready to make a change and to uh, finally (laughs) find the love that you solely deserve and that you truly uh, want to have in your life. I'm here for you. So my doors are open. I work with clients all over the world when it comes to dating coaching. So if you are ready to see true results and to stop doing the same things over and over again and to make a change in your love life, uh, I'm here for you. So if you want more information about my services, you can go to the website, theheartagency.com, scroll to the bottom of the page which we've done the, the website. We've, we have redone it. Brian put so much work into this and um, I would love for you to go and check it out. So make sure and check it out. Go to theheartagency.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and fill out some information and you and I will be in touch. Because here's why I really want you to think about it this holiday season. We've talked about cuffing, we've talked about all the things, but Do you know that there's a term that's called dating Sunday and dating Sunday is the first Sunday after New Year's where it is the most popular downloaded app, singles app, dating app uh, day and out of the whole year. And so if you're listening to this and you've been a, you've been a listener for a long time and you're like, I am just tired and I really want Kat's help, I would love to work with you now so that when January rolls around that you're all ready to go if online dating, if you want to explore that. So I just, I highly want you to, I highly encourage you to check out, check it out, fill out the form and let's have a conversation because I'm, I'm here. I'm here to help you stop the hamster wheel (laughs) of the constant, uh, constant, uh, like running in place. Let's get you somewhere, right? Let's, let's help you find your true match in 2023. Okay. So, um, I'm excited to bring May. So May, uh, I'm going to do a little, uh, intro about May. So May Bugenhagen gosh, I hope I said that right, May, Uh, is a professional matchmaker and dating and relationship coach. May is the owner of the boutique matchmaking company Two Asian Matchmakers. May has appeared in Cosmopolitan, Los Angeles Magazine, Huffington Post, and many other publications. May lives in Colorado with her husband, two dogs, and three cats. And May also has her own, uh, her own podcast, and you can find more information about her podcast and all of the things. I will make sure and put all of her links in the show notes. So I'm so excited to share. We have a very um, open and vulnerable conversation, and I cannot wait to share it with you. So, ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome May to Dear Matchmaker. Oh, my goodness, May. I'm so excited to have you here on dear matchmaker. How are you, my friend?
1: I'm doing so well. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you, Kat.
0: Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. I'm so excited you're here. I just got chills. <laughs> so I, uh, which is a really good sign. That's like, uh, me telling, like that's like my body going like you're doing, you're doing, you're doing the right thing. Um, so I'm so excited. Just so my audience knows may and I, uh, connected in Cancun. Well, we actually knew of each other because of the Alliance. We've been hopping on calls. You and I've had a couple of conversations. You were one of the just super kind matchmakers who had actually reached out to me, just being like, Hey, how are you doing? And I cannot tell you may how much that meant to me in those moments. And so I just, I, my mind is blown the fact that you're here and you're going to be a part of the show. And I'm just so excited to have you here. And, um, I'm just excited to share like two matchmakers coming together to share our plethora of like all this knowledge we have to help people find love. Um so May, why don't you do us a little intro? Tell us a little bit about you and um, how did you get into matchmaking and whatever whatever you would love to share with the audience?
1: Okay, okay. well, my name is May Buchenhagen. I started being in the matchmaking business in uh, two thousand nine and, so it's been about 14 years when I turned 30, I signed up for this matchmaking service. It was a video dating service and I thought they oh. were so horrible. And I was like, wait, I could totally do this better than them. And I've always in the back of my mind wanted to start a dating service, but I kept getting promoted in my corporate job at enterprise rent a car. So I just never thought about starting my own business until I quit and I thought, oh, now's the time to start that dating business because the one I did sign up for sucked because they weren't hand-holding. They didn't care. They just wanted me to pay them. They ran my credit, I'm sure, and just realized, oh, she can afford it. Let's just you know charge her and um, didn't really care about me. So that's why I started my own dating service because I wanted to help other Asian women out there like me when I turned 30, I thought, wait, I'm a good catch. I just bought a house. I have a great job. I have great friends. Why am I a loser and not having any romantic partner or no men were knocking on my doors? Not to say that single people are losers, but I'm just saying that I felt like a loser because I was like, wait, I'm cute. I'm right. you know active. I have a lot of interests and all that stuff. And um, that's what led me to open up my own agency to help Asian women find great guys. And that's kind of what I do now. And I love it. And the only reason why I'm good at my job cat is because I am nosy. I just love asking people about their love lives. And I just love the information about how their date went. What do they talk about? And So all that stuff led me to become what I am today, which is a matchmaker helping the Asian women out there. So that's kind of how I got started. And I I just love what I do. And, you know, it's just fun. I love networking. I love connecting with strangers and everybody around me. So that's kind of how I find the quote unquote inventory for my guys, right? For them to meet people. So,
0: right. (laughs) And so what, so you, you have a, so this is what you call in the business world. You have a niche. So you found your niche of like helping a specific type of person with a specific type of problem. And so just, just so the listeners are aware, where, where do you usually, is your business national? Is it international? Where is your, like, where, where do you specifically help people with matchmaking?
1: I help men find Asian women and the men are usually based out of US, Los Angeles, all across the US. Um, My company started in Los Angeles. However, the women are all over. The Asian women are all over US and if the men want to meet Asian women in Asia, then I also have Asian matchmakers that I work with, that I collaborate with and uh, we help them find matches that way too. So all over, all over.
0: Wow. How, and so when you, when you first got started, when you first, when your agency first got started, uh, what, where would you, where were you specifically serving at that point when you first got started? Was it, was it in LA? Were you in California or where where were you at?
1: Yeah, it was in LA near Beverly Hills. That was where our physical office was and where, we recruited a lot of uh, Asian women in Los Angeles and Orange County. So uh, naturally the men just started, you know, looking us up and finding us and that's how we would created this niche. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, we're ready to expand out across the U.S. And, but especially now with COVID and all the technology, it doesn't matter where our company is based out of it just matters if we can find them great matches where they're looking right so that's the beauty of technology
0: absolutely so i i would love to kind of have an open conversation with you i have some questions since you have been in the industry much longer than i have uh i I'm going to use this as an opportunity for me to learn too, because I'm, you know, so much more when it comes to connection and helping people find love. And I also feel that the climate has changed in the last decade from what I've heard. And from what, just talking to other matchmakers about really what people are seeking and their methods of, of what they feel is, is true compatibility and people being too picky. And you and I were kind of talking about this before, before we hit record, so in your experience like what have you felt has been the the like the shift in singles and what they're looking for within the last like 5 to 10 years in your in your opinion
1: Wow um i think just in the last 2 or 3 years people aren't so focused on where someone is geographically i think that's helped a lot i think oh. people have really expanded their minds And their thought process about where can I go realistically to meet somebody actually anywhere. If someone has a mobile job, especially now with everybody working at home or the ability to work at home or part-time or things like that, that they realize, you know what, I can actually work anywhere and life is really too precious to just not live it. So they realize if I meet someone here in LA and, um, my love interest is in New York. Realistically, she can relocate to LA or I can relocate to New York. Like there's a lot of means that way. And the most successful clients that I work with who have that mentality, I can get them a partner. I can get them a spouse if Mm -hmm. that's their mentality. If they truly feel like I don't need to date someone in my backyard, then they're going to find someone through me. The people who I struggle with the most are the ones who say, Well, I only want to date someone within 10 miles from me, or I only want to date someone within 20 minutes of driving. And if you live in LA, 20 minutes just means two miles sometimes because you have to <laughs> yeah. drive there in traffic and then you have to find parking, you know? So, right. Really, the people who open their mind and expand their geographic uh, desires are the ones who can find somebody right away or, you know, with a bigger success, because there's not all these walls that they're creating for them. Um, And I feel like, man, if you've been dating like five or 10 years in your city, and it hasn't been working, don't you think it's time for you to expand outside your city? I'm not even talking about state lines. I'm just talking about your neighborhood, you know, like instead of 10 mile radius, how about 20 mile radius? Like just even expand that way. Like, oh, instead of, uh, you know, walking distance, like it's okay. Just think about driving an hour away and you're going to meet a whole mass of different people, you know? So that's kind of what has changed for uh, my clientele is their expansion of wanting to date people outside of their state which is great because if you truly want to get married and have kids and find somebody you really have to look all over i mean you can't just look under under a rock in your backyard i mean give it a chance you just never know i mean i dated my now husband boyfriend at the time i was in uh, new orleans he was in los angeles And we gave it a go. We dated long distance for a year, you know, like dating Mm -hmm. someone long distance can really give you the opportunity to get to know them over the phone and for you to make plans to meet each other and for you to really look forward to meeting somebody. So it just adds a whole other dimension to your life. And especially if you're so busy at work, dating a guy long distance can actually be an asset because now you're doing your own thing, living your life and working hard, but you also make plans to see each other every two weeks or a month and you go away and you really take the time to get to know each other. So you just have to think about it differently.
0: Oh my gosh. I cannot agree with you more. It's, you know, I have to, so may may's, I don't. So in the Midwest here, the fact I'm sure that my Midwest listeners are like listening to this and being like, you mean to tell me that it'll take so long just to go two miles? Yes. Yes. That's how LA is. And I, you, you just hit the nail on the head. Like, this is one of the frustrating things that I find. And one of the most, like when it comes, even when it comes to online dating, to not set your parameter to like want to date someone in another city is mind-boggling to me because here, like that is one of the frustrating things for me because we have a city, so I'm here in Cedar Rapids. I have a city that's 20 miles from here. It's Iowa city. I have another city that's like two hours from here, another city that's like about 45 minutes in an hour and a half. And there are people that specifically come to me and they're like, I will not date anybody outside of my city. And I just think that they are denying themselves such opportunity of connection with people. And that's one of the benefits of online dating is that you can set, and with working with a matchmaker, you can set those parameters and be open to it because people are constantly, sorry, you can tell that I'm like, (laughs) I'm really passionate about this. Like, I just realized that my voice just got, I just got like really excited about this, but I, this is how strongly I feel about it because I feel like you're just denying yourself so much opportunity and, and, and there you don't know what you don't know. And you could meet that one person who's willing to make that compromise to where they're willing to come to you or that you don't know. And so by opening up your mind just a little bit to wanting to have connection with somebody in another city, just creates like that much more of an opportunity to meet someone. And so I, yeah i cannot agree with you more so i wish that people here in the midwest were a little bit more open to that because they're so like their feet are so planted into the ground like this is where i'm at this is where i built this is where i built my home like i'm not going anywhere and i just think it's crazy because you just you can have a successful long-term relationship as long as you communicate and you set like what those needs are as far as like how you communicate, how often, how often you see one another and make sure that your needs are met, then it can be a huge success. So I cannot agree with you more. Are you saying- I just went off a tangent.
1: Are you saying people in the Midwest don't want to branch out? Like the whole point of online dating is, wow, I live in LA. I've always wanted to visit Austin. I've always wanted to see Chicago. I've always wanted- like those are cities that I would actually want to meet men from because then it will give me an opportunity to go visit those cities or to go check it out. So I just feel like being adventurous when you're young is a great time to expand your thinking and not be so much in a bubble. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just such an opportunity to meet new people all over and experience that. Like, You have to do it when you're in your twenties and thirties, like when you're in your forties and fifties, that's not the time to do that. But I mean, you can, but I'm just thinking, man, all these people who are doing online dating, they're so lucky to like explore and be in their, you know, single lifestyle.
0: I agree. And I think, I mean, to me, it's utilizing online dating as a, as a tool to work in your favor. And when you're not being able to use all of the perks that it has to offer. And it's almost as if, you know, and I don't, let me, let me ask you this question. So I find that the older it's talking about getting older. So the older demographic, so everyone be nice to me because I'm almost 50. So everyone be nice, but like, I'm talking like the 40 plus, right? Where you're more established in your life. You are established in your career. Maybe you have children, you know, smaller children and you're out there and you're dating. So many people have gotten to a point where they're so picky as if they are like this person, I just need a person to fit into my world versus, really being more open and being like, it's going to be a compromise. Like they're going to make some compromises. I'm going to have to make some compromises in order to make this work. Do you find that people are more just set in their ways, the older that they are, and it's harder to help them find connection?
1: Yeah, because they just kind of know what they like and know what they don't like. And they're actually willing, the older demographic that I work with, they're actually okay getting one date every two months, instead of one to two dates every month by just being more flexible Mm -hmm. and by just saying yes to a date. So I get it. I get it. It really is. um, If you're the type of person who wants to date and meet one to two new people per month, then you've got to almost throw away your list, right? And just go out and meet people. Because I get it. If you want to have kids, you Think about things more like, oh, I really want to meet a guy this age range or woman this age range because I want to have kids. But if you're in your 40s and 50s and this is your second stage in life, you don't really need to use those same parameters as if you were in your 20s and 30s, right? Like your dating profile and your dating expectations should be different. Like, you should just be like, you know what? I don't really care that he's um, not my age. You know, I'm 50. If I was in the single world right now dating, I'd be like, okay, I'd be open to a guy who's 45 to 60, right? That gives me 15 year that I can work with. Um, What bugs me is when women are like, okay, I'm 50, but I really feel young and I look a lot younger. It's like, okay... Don't we all say that, but let the guys be the judge of that, right? Like, don't tell your matchmaker that like, okay, so you're 50 and you want to date a guy who's in their forties. Okay. You can meet them organically, but if you're dating online, guys, aren't really looking for younger women. Okay. Online. Uh, usually they're looking for women, um, five to 10 to 15 years younger than them. So the women should be open to dating 10, 15 years older. And especially the women who are successful and make a good living, and they're like, I want to date a guy who's just as successful and accomplished as I am. Okay, then fortunately, the men who are older are more established and more accomplished. So if you're looking for a certain lifestyle, you should be open to someone a little bit older than you, because the younger guys aren't going to be as accomplished and successful as you want them to be. So I think you just have to be practical and really think about who you're asking for and just be realistic, you know, and if you're 50 years old and you act like you're in your 40s, that's great. That's going to attract guys that really want to be with you because you're fun and you're kind and considerate and that's kind of all what guys are looking for, right? Someone who's fun, someone who's genuine, someone who just wants to go live life. And um, I think if you're doing online dating, that's what you kind of have to think about is like, okay, who's out there looking for me? What age range of guys are looking for a 50 year old? Well, he could be 60, he could be 65, those are the guys that are looking for me, right? Yeah, there's a 55-year-old looking for a 50-year-old. But you have to think about, okay, who are the people who are going to be attracted to you and be realistic that way if you're doing online dating.
0: Right. I um I've had I've had women say that to me. I've had women come into my office when I so part of when I when I coach is and this is with all clients, I encourage them To try to do online dating in the processes as we're working together whether it's matchmaking or not because i feel like sometimes we can learn more about who they are and really what they're looking for and where we need to make some changes as they're dating and as we're working together and i've had women come into my office who have told me they flat out lied about their age on their profile because they look younger because they act younger. And I, and if you're listening to this, I get it. Just like what, just like what may saying, like, I understand. And I, and I agree with her and I just want to encourage you to please put your real age on your, on your online profile, because then you're going to have to have that conversation when you sit down with them and you're going to have to tell them at some point, you're going to have to tell them your real age. And when you do you've already broken the trust. You've already like set the tone. Okay. Well, if she's lied to me about her age, what else is she, you know, is she going to possibly lie to me about? And so I always tell women just to own it. Like you look younger or you act younger and you're this age own it. That's awesome. Like, but make sure that your profile reflects that because you never know again, who's, who's looking for somebody like you. And if you if you truly are online dating to hopefully find that person, and you're dating with intent, you owe it to that person on who you're going to be connected to to be your authentic self, and part of that is your age. So that's my two yeah. cents on. All
1: I mean, of that. if you look great for your age, you can always post your real age and then tell them these photos I just took last week—they're original, real photos. And let the guys decide. I mean, I I hate when women say, oh yeah, I sent you some photos. I'm like, oh, how long ago were they taken? Oh, they were taken uh, five years ago, but I look the same. No, you don't. No one looks the same as they did five years ago. Like you think you look the same or you want to think you look the same, but you don't. Five years is a big difference. Just like you don't want to look at a guy's profile photos from five years ago he looks different, right? So let's let the guy decide and just tell him your real age. And yeah, I don't even know if, if you have to lie about your age, I agree with you. What else can you be lying about? What else are you um, fibbing about? Like let the guy decide. Right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> and it's not just that, but it's, you are what you attract. So if you are putting yourself out there as a true representation of who you are, then that's people are going to see that. And you, and I know it's a state of vulnerability where you're like, these are current photos, but you want, just like to your point, you want the same back. Like you want to be able to swipe on that guy and say yes to that guy and not be surprised on that first date where you're like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Who's this? This is not the person I said yes to online. You know, so you owe it to. You owe it to the potential, you know, you owe it to yourself and you owe it to the person who's, who's saying yes to your profile. And I, not to get on online dating, cause I didn't, I mean, we're having just an open discussion, discussion and, and, but I do want to mention one thing that you bring up a really good point. And I, and I haven't really talked about this much. In fact, I was thinking about doing an episode on it. Ladies, please, with your online profiles, please remove filters place, all of them, no filters. Like I, I cannot tell you may how many times I have to tell women that to remove filters. Yeah. Do you find that? Do you find that with your, when your potential clients of submitting photos with, with filters?
1: Yeah. And I have guy friends who are doing online dating and and he's like, wow, look at her. She looks great. I'm like, yeah, it's a filter. He goes, what? I go, yeah, it's, it just makes her look that great. I mean, it can take 10 years off of us. Right. So it's almost like too good to be true. It probably is. Um, but yeah, like how great would it be if someone, a woman posted photos and says, Hey, these are my photos I took last week and they're not filtered. Like they're actually, this is what I look like. Like that is refreshing for a guy to read doing online dating. And I always suspect when women says, that they'll date so much older. Like, let's say I'm 50 and I say, I'll date someone up to uh 70, 75. Then usually that woman is lying about her age because she's willing to go so much older. So she probably Mm. really 60. Right. So that's kind of what I uh, tell my guys. I'm like, okay, if a woman is open to dating so much older, she's probably lying about her age or she's a gold digger. So either way, you just have to sort mm. through the information you're getting
0: about her. Yeah, oh. I um. so I wanted to just kind of like riff off of this topic, because there are so many, I mean, we're obviously in the business of helping people find love and we know the struggles that we face. I mean, these are conversations that we both have with our clients every day what do you find with what the, with the work and the clients that you have, what do you find are their most common struggles when it comes to finding connection, finding love? Like when they come to you, what do you find is like a commonality with, you know, cause I always say when people inquire about my services it's because they've tried everything. Right. And they're just ready for like, you don't, again, you don't know what you don't know. So they're like, I'm doing something wrong. Like what am I doing wrong? So like, what do you, what do you find, is a common like struggles that your singles are facing when they come to you.
1: With the women who come to me, the women join my database for free because the men are the paying clients. Um, what mm. I find with the women is that if I present a quality guy to them, an accomplished, successful, educated, within the age range they want, within the height that they want, all this stuff, so he looks great on paper. And if he meets 80, 75 to 80% of what you're looking for, I think it's worth a shot and worth a chance for you to go meet in person, right? Because just the tone of somebody, the way they carry themselves, what they look like, how they act, how they sound, their voice, all that stuff makes a difference, right? That's all what determines uh, the chemistry when two people meet. So I always say, look, if a guy meets all of these criteria. Uh, 75 to 80% of what you're looking for, go out on a date. If there are no red flags and if there are not blatant reasons why you shouldn't see him again, then yes, you should go out on a second date and try to give a guy a third date to really know that he's not going to be a good father to your kids. And he's not going to be a good husband to you. You can't really determine if a guy is going to be all those things within 60 minutes or 90 minutes of meeting him right like if he met all your criteria then meet him once meet him again and by the third date you should feel like okay do i want to kiss him if i feel like i want to kiss him then that's a good thing um if after three dates you really feel like you know what i just feel like he's a dud i'm not interested then okay you truly gave it a chance you gave three dates meaning you spent you know five hours or more really getting to know him so that i feel like okay you did your due diligence and meeting this guy and you dated him for three dates and that's that's fine write him off but how can women know that you know what after the first date i just felt like a friend vibe okay you don't want to be friends with your husband like you don't want to be friends with your partner like having a friend vibe is not a bad thing. So I just try to get that. That's right. Like, Oh, you, did you, (laughs) you only want to continue dating guys if you want to jump their bones after the first date, like that's not realistic. So that's the problem with Mm. women in my uh, world is that they're dating these guys and they're not giving them a chance, but they are 75, 80% of what they're looking for on paper. So it's like, I think that's the problem, right? If the man wants to see you again for a second date and there are no red flags and you really feel like there's just no chemistry yet, okay, there's no chemistry, who cares? Let's see if chemistry happens on the second or third date because now you're more relaxed and you're not nervous anymore. But I just feel like women need to give a guy a chance, you know, the second or third date and see where it goes. I really feel like that's what's missing in the dating world right now is they're just like, Nope, next. It's like, it's not easy to get a date, you know, like it's a lot of hours of work, right? You message back and forth and you talk on the phone and then you go out on the date, but you know, that's a whole other topic. But for the men, I feel like the men should ask the women for a second date. If they're not sure, you know, like, just go after it and be more aggressive and pursue them. Cause a lot of times dates happen and relationships happen. And when someone pursues the other person and invites them to do something, right? Like, even if you think about your platonic relationships, don't you feel really good when someone reaches out to you and invite you to do something? You feel good, right? You feel like, okay, this person wants to spend time with me. I'm wanted. Uh, I'm flattered. Even if it's just a platonic relationship. So it's no different. Like in dating, if a man asks you out, the woman might not have been as attracted to him, but because he's pursuing her, she might think, oh, I like this feeling that he wants to see me again. Okay, maybe I do want to see him again. So the men should really step up and do a little bit more of the pursuing. Um, It's kind of like when we are in elementary school or uh, grade school where the guy picks on us or pays attention to us and he likes us. We didn't like him before, but because we know he likes us, we now like him back. So it's kind of like that with dating. It's like, if a man pursues a woman, she might not have said yes to a second date if she had to make the move, but because he asked, she might be like, okay, I think I will go out on a date with him, that's nice. I'm flattered that he wants to ask me out again. And even if he's not sure about if there was chemistry on his part, but just there are no red flags for you not to say no to her again, you might as well get to know her better. It's no different than when we work together with a person of the opposite sex and where we hang out with each other all day long that we end up liking each other, right? It's like the time we spend together creates those things. And when people are dating nowadays, they don't even think about trying to create friendships or relationships with people. They just want everything to be instantaneous like in the movies. And I think maybe that's the problem is they have these high expectations like an amazing first cute meet or meet cute or whatever. It's like, but let's just mm-hmm. be more realistic, you know? So
0: mm-hmm. it's Oh my gosh. I, yeah, I completely agree with everything you just said. I always tell, I always tell my singles to lean into the yes, right? So if there's like, stop looking for reasons to say no and start leaning more into the yes, because I feel like, especially like I've done a whole thing about chemistry and compatibility and how social media and movies and meet cutes and rom-coms has completely destroyed this and what it is to be, you know, to have chemistry with somebody and how you're supposed to have love at first sight or supposed to be, you know, you're supposed to have these sparks. And I've had, it's always, it is the women that come to me and they're like, I just have to have that spark on the first time we meet. Like, I just have to have that spark. And I always get really mad where I'm like, you know what? F the spark. Let's, (laughs) let's like take the time and like get to know one another. And then I'm the same way as you. It's like, if there's no red flags, which, I mean, I think that there's, I think people are skewed about what a red flag is. That's a whole nother topic, but if there is no red flags, then keep saying yes. Like keep leaning into the yes until it's a no, right? Like it's, you're going to figure it out. And I agree with you after three dates, if you still don't want to kiss him or kiss her, then yeah, it's a no. So it just teaches you that. I mean, to me, I think it's like, It's almost as if in the dating world, people are hypocrites because they are, they're so quick to like wanting to have and like they have this huge laundry list. These are the things that I must have in order to be compatible and to find somebody. And then as a matchmaker, you go, okay, here, here is a person that meets the majority of your criteria. And then if, and then on top of that, even if they meet that criteria, they're like, "Mm, no, no spark. So what does that say, right? So there's, it says to, to circle back to your beginning point where it's like, start stop like saying no to people because you can have a connection with them in real life. You can't base everything off of a photo or base everything off of a criteria just because they meet all of, they check all of the boxes. It does not mean that you're going to have a connection. And so like I, for me, when, you know, I, I feel like it's reeducating educating. It's re-educating singles and being like, there's a difference between compatibility and chemistry. And the idea is to have great chemistry and great compatibility, but sometimes the compatibility piece is first and the chemistry will build. It will build. As long as that compatibility piece is there, the chemistry will build over time. It's like, I've heard women, you know, I've, I've coached women before who have had really close guy friends to your point they've had really close guy friends. And I'm like, well, why haven't you explored the opportunity of maybe dating him? And it's having that conversation. And the moment she just, she she will just switch her mindset and look at him just a little bit differently. Then that's it. Then that's all it takes. And then she's like, Oh my gosh, I never really looked at him this way. So you it's up. We, we hold a lot of that power within us. And if we go into a date because we, we are expecting instant sparks and they don't happen and to be so quick to just dismiss, I think is a huge loss of an opportunity. So I agree with you.
1: I mean, that's why I just went off
0: on a huge tangent. No,
1: I mean, yeah, that's why we're in business is because we can right. uh, help them, but it's almost like, you actually, every single person out there probably doesn't need a matchmaker. They can actually go online, do it themselves. And, you know, it's like when they get contacted by somebody who wants to meet them and they say no, and they keep getting the same type of guys contacting them. And it's like, okay, something about your profile is attracting that kind of guy. So look at your photos, look at what you're posting on there, your profile, what story are you telling them? And what, um, what are you saying? What you can offer them? Like, are you attracting the wrong type of guys on your profile? Like, it's really, they have the power, right? They have the power to write their own profile, pick the photos they want to show and tell their story about who they are. So, if you're attracting the wrong guys and change your profile and your photos. Um, and if you're attracting guys that you're not attracted to, then what is it about you that you need to change about, about you, you know? So it's, I feel like it's, um, yes. uh, Online dating is great. I mean, where else are you going to go that has so many, um, people to choose from. Right. And right. I always, I mean, I, clients get mad when I say this, when I say, oh, it's easy to do online dating. It's just put your best foot forward and, um, pay attention and, you know, get the feedback from people. And that could be it. Like if there's a guy messaging you, you could say, gosh, you know what? I'm sorry. You're not the, really the kind of guy I'm attracted to, but what about my profile that made you contact me? Ask them, like, what do you have to lose? Mm. Ask them why they contact right. you and get their feedback. If you're not getting feedback from friends of the opposite sex about your profile photos and your pictures and stuff, then ask the random stranger that just hit on you. Like, what was it about my profile that made you attracted to me? Cause I actually wasn't trying to attract your type of person, you know, whatever, like say it nicely, but, um, right.
0: yeah. yeah. And I think there's just, just, I mean, just a little, like, I mean, I think that there's just some creeps out there that just, it doesn't matter. Like, I mean, they're just going to try what they can try. I mean, yes. there's those kinds of people too, but I think that's, it's funny because I did an episode talking about why do I attract emotionally unavailable people. And I always have the saying that we do attract all types of people. It's just what we choose to let into our lives. What we feel is our own value and our own worth. That's who we decide to pay attention to. Because we we just, we do, we attract all different types of people. It's just up to us to be able to be like, okay, this is the type of person that I feel that I deserve versus, you know, I'm going to give this person attention or I'm going to give this person attention. So it is really up to us. And it's, we are more in control than what we think. And yeah, you're right. Not everybody needs a matchmaker i think a matchmaker is someone that will the way that i always like this is how i describe it this is how someone described me is that they told me that i was like in disneyland you can get a fast pass where you can like skip the lines like you can get this special pass that lets you walk around disneyland they told me that basically a matchmaker is like a fast pass like by coming to us we can help you clear the clutter like understand you know, really what it is that you that you desire in a partnership, your compatibility, what are the compatibility factors, like really kind of having those open discussions and then allowing us an opportunity to and make those introductions for you. Because a lot of people don't have the time to right. go online dating. Cause like to some people, it's like a full-time job just to do that.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, clients are basically cutting us a check to go faster, right? To make things happen for them quicker. Yeah. So, so yeah, I agree. It's a fast pass to, yeah,
0: <laughs> I like that. I like that now. And it helps them. And I, yeah, I know. I wish I, I didn't come up with it. I was on a podcast and she was like, so you're really like the fast pass. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know what that is, but that sounds good to me like that. Cause I haven't, been, I don't even remember last time I was at Disneyland, honestly. And I'm like, what is, cause Disneyland's changed so much. I'm like, what is that? Tell me what that is. And she told me what it was. Um, And I, I, and I, too, I feel like too. to, to your point, like as a matchmaker, we take this, we take this work. I always say, take this work very seriously. Like, like I always say that there's two, there's two things in life that we are expected to know and understand for ourselves. When we leave our homes, like we grow, we're 18, we're an adult. I'm using that in quotes. We're an adult. We leave our home and we're expected two things. First, to know how to manage our money. Ha ha. (laughs) Second, we're expected to know what, how to attract and maintain healthy relationships. And the majority of the time, we haven't been taught either one of those things. We go off of what our childhood is and where, you know, how we're raised and how we watched our parents with the money and how we watched our parents in their relationships and all of these things. And so to me, like, People hire financial advisors to help them manage their money, right? So they're like, I have this money. I don't know what to do. What are the best things that I need to do in order for my money? Why can't we have that same understanding when it comes to love and finding healthy relationships and attracting and having the partner that we solely deserve and by hiring a professional to do that? Like, why is that not so more, so much more mainstream? Like, I feel like it should, because why is it, you know, so this this is to me, this is part of the stigma that I've had to fight, like even within my own community of being really what a matchmaker is and really the the value that we provide. And like, I don't know, I just feel like there needs to be more of a, more grace to those that really come to a point where they're like, I'm ready to find love. And I clearly what I'm doing isn't working, and I'm gonna go to an expert to help me do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I uh I agree. I mean, so I just feel shortcut. It's a total someone who wants to um get there quicker and have a coach. Like I feel like even having a business coach really helps me streamline my business. Yes. Having a date relationship coach really helps me streamline my life and career goals and my, you know, love goals. Yeah. It's also important. It's just, um, so you're saying in the Midwest people aren't where you live, they're not that open to hiring a matchmaker. Like, is that uncommon? Like it's not as popular. Yeah, it is okay. uncommon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cause like in LA, there's so much competition in New York, there's so many matchmakers, um yeah, I, I I didn't know that about the Midwest, so,
0: yeah, and I think it's because of that assumption. like it's just assumed that everyone knows how to have a healthy and thriving relationship. And so to ask for help seems unorthodox. It seems like why would you why would you ask for help for that? Like it's assumed that you should be able to figure that out on your you know, figure that out for yourself, um, and it, I, I feel like it's getting better. I feel like more and more, especially, uh, post pandemic, uh, a lot of singles are frustrated with online dating. Uh, they're frustrated with lack of connection and really, uh, trying to figure out what they need to do different in order to find love. Cause it's, it's harder now, like not to like get into all of this, but like marriage used to be not for love. Marriage got started as a business transaction. And I feel like now, like I, I was listening to this podcast about, it's like called marriage 2.0 and how we're in this new revolution of what marriage and relationships are and how there's so much, we expect so much more out of each other, out of spouses and significant others that there's, it's so much more difficult to find that person to help fill that, to like, you know, find that compatible person who can bring out the best of you so that you are thriving in your own life and not only together, but on your own. And um, it's not just like we're going to marry so that we can have land or I can have your livestock and you can have this.
1: No, I don't (laughs) mind. Much
0: more complicated.
1: Um, That brings me back to where somebody says, I want to marry a guy who's my best friend, lover, father of my kids and best, all this stuff. And I'm like, wait, uh, that's a lot of responsibility to put on a partner, a husband to be all these things to you. Like, does he need to go clothes shopping with you? Does he need to go swimming with you? Does he need to go do girl things with you like spas and massages and book clubs? And I'm like, I don't need my husband to be all those things. Like I just need him to be a husband. I don't think I need him to do all the girly stuff with me either. It's like, I don't feel like that's realistic. I don't, I don't know, maybe I'm just going off
0: on a tangent,
1: but um, like if you're- No, I don't for,
0: think that's realistic. I don't think that's unreal. Sorry, go ahead.
1: No, like if you're looking for a partner, it's like, okay, what are you looking for? Like a good provider, a good- husband a good father to my kids and someone who's family oriented someone you know like you have the same goals and maybe religion and all that stuff but sometimes i feel like a woman who's out looking for their partner wants all these things in somebody it's like that's not realistic like that's how you set yourself up for failure and you're going to be 50 years old and you're going to want to have kids like you're just putting all this pressure on one person. Like, I don't think that's the great way to date. So I think that's where them hiring a date coach or relationship coach is so beneficial for us to knock some sense into them and be like, wait, who are you looking for? Yeah. This magical person that, you know, someone's just going to create, or let's be realistic. What are you really looking for? You know, I just, right. It's uh it's like they're setting themselves up for failure when they do that.
0: 100%, 100%, it's self-sabotage under I mean I've heard so many people of being like I'm just waiting for the one cuz I know when I meet the one the stars are going to align, it's going to be all these things and it's it's a way of just it's fear, it's fear-based I feel like and it's a way of putting up walls of being able to make that excuse that hey, I can't find the one. And I, just to, to bring up your point about having to put all of this pressure within your significant other, this is why, like, one of the things that I always talk about is that when you are on the search of finding someone and you're ready to bring someone into your life, it isn't, you shouldn't be ready to bring someone into your life because you're unhappy. And this other person's going to fill that void for you. You shouldn't bring someone into your life because you want to be entertained or you don't have a life within your own. Like you should You should have the type of life to where someone looks at it from the outside in and says, huh, that looks like a lot of fun. Like, I love what they're doing in their own life. Like I would love, I could kind of see myself as a part of that because to put that kind of pressure on someone else being like, you must be my be all of everything. You must provide this to me. You must entertain me. You must make me happy. You must do all of these things for me. Even though you might not physically be saying that to somebody, you're feeling it because if you're in a space of lack and not understanding really who you are and what you can bring to the table, because that's one of the things I always ask my clients, like the first thing I'm like, what do you bring to the table? I want to know, like, tell me all the things, what is it that you bring? Because if there's some space in there, if you're, if you're having to search for these particular things within someone else you're setting yourself up for failure because it's not fair to put all of that pressure onto somebody else to entertain you and to make you happy. Cause you don't want that. Who wants to walk around with that being right. like, it's my job to make this person happy. Like that is such a horrible, like stressor in a relationship. And most likely will break it up. So yeah. you owe it to yourself and your, and your potential future partner to live a happy enough life it doesn't have to be like I love everything about my life but just be happy enough where you're like I'm living my best life enough yeah so that's my philosophy on it
1: yeah like you meet people and they're like oh I wasn't even looking for a relationship and I met this guy and we're he's great and we hit it off it's because he saw that she was busy doing her own thing living her own that's right and he was attracted to that. So he just thought, gosh, that's a great, uh, great person. I want to get to know her. It's like, she had her own life going her own things to do her own plans, you know? So it's um, I mean, I guess that's why we're in uh dating and relationship coaching is that's right. we're trying to let the women know, like, just have your own life, do your own things, your own interests and be busy. Don't just drop everything for a guy. If he calls mm. like, he likes the fact that you're busy and that you have stuff to do. So like all those things, um, so important. I mean, that's why I love, I love our industry and I love what we teach and love what we learn, what we read about. So we can, you know, so I could read like 20,000 books and get all this stuff and compact it for teaching my, um, you know, my date coaching uh, people. Like, it's just so, there's so much information, but a lot of it's very basic, you know, it's not like yeah. discoveries out there. It's basically just when is someone ready to hear your message and when are they That's gonna right. Yeah, it's just maybe they're not ready for it. Maybe they took a coaching course with me a year ago, but it wasn't the time for them. But if they just watch all the uh videos again, they're like, Oh my gosh, it's like May is speaking to me now. So it just depends on when they're ready to receive that
0: message. So yeah. Oh my gosh. I, yes. It's, it's like when people ask for advice, if they're like in a situationship or if they are like, they're like wanting you to provide this magic advice, that's going to tell them that they need to stay in it. But when they come to me and I'm like, yeah, you just, you're done with that. (laughs) Like to me, it's, it's like a no brainer. It's like, yeah, you're done. That's not, that's not what you're, is that what you're looking for? It's not what you're looking for. Then you're done. And sometimes to your point, people don't want to hear that. They want to hear some kind of like magical solution that's going to make this whole situation that they're in turn into the thing that they want. Yeah. And that's not the case.
1: But I think that's why working with a date coach is so important because they're kind of like objective. They're not like your friend who says, right. Stay with him. And, you know, that way we could continue going on double dates or whatever. Like, you almost need a day coach, someone who kind of is more objective that can help you work through some of this stuff or tell you what you need to do and not worry about your feelings, you know, like, yes, we're not going to be mean to them, but we're also going to be pretty um, pointed and tell them what they should do and what they need to do. And, and hopefully, you know, if they're coachable, they will do well, you know? So,
0: yeah. Right. And you, you said something really important. If they're coachable,
1: if they're coachable, you yes. have
0: to be willing to, mm-hmm. yeah, you yeah. have to be willing to be able to sit and listen and be willing to implement and to be held accountable. Cause that's, that's all a part of it too. And it's, you know, you can be the messenger. What is that saying? You can lead a horse to water. I don't know. It's something like that. You lead yeah, a horse to drink. water, but you can't yeah. force them to drink.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's with everything, right? Like if you're a coachable person right. in life in business and work in everything you do, then you're going to be better at it. So if you're the type of person that can't handle criticism or can't handle advice, or can't handle the truth, then you don't want to make changes, then you're not gonna get better. Like you just have to know what your weaknesses are. And then you just work towards that. So, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, May, I, we've talked about so much on this episode.
1: <laughs> thank you for having me. It's like, we're just chatting. chatting
0: yes. You. I know. I love it. I love it. I just looked at the time and I think it's been almost an hour. Oh shit. Um. Oh, thank you. So May, no, you're fine. No, no, okay. no, you're good. I love it. No, no, no. It's perfect. Right. Um. So if my audience is listening to you and is like, you know, I, cause I do have listeners all over and they're like, Oh, you know what? I want what may has to offer. So where can my listeners find you if they're interested in knowing more information about you?
1: Yes. I would love any women out there who's single to be part of my database, looking for great Asian women who are open-minded, want to meet accomplished and successful men. Please apply and go to my website at two Asian matchmakers with an S.com and fill out a profile. If you have a coworker, a friend, a cousin, who's a lovely Asian woman ages 21 to 65, I would love to meet her. And uh, if you know any men out there who's looking for lovely Asian women, of course, I would love for them to be a client as well. But yeah, you can find me on um you find me on Instagram under matchmaker May or LinkedIn under May Huey. I'm sure you'll have all this in your show notes, but yeah, I'm all over the web. Yes. I'll
0: have all the links in the show (laughs) notes.
1: TikTok for nice little, uh, tips. Yeah. All that good stuff.
0: I have not ventured. I like, I've like dabbled Instagram reels is kind of like where I stay, but I, on occasion, I'll dabble. I'll like put one over and put it over onto TikTok, but I haven't really like completely walked into TikTok quite yet. We'll see. It's yeah. fun. Well, thanks for having me. Well, Kat. I um well no, May, oh my gosh, thank you for coming on the show. And I um I would love to have you back if you're open to that. I would love to have Absolutely. you back and we can keep having these great conversations because I'm sure the listeners are um enjoying like two matchmakers having uh <laughs> Having a sash talking about all things love and romance and uh dating. So thanks again, May. I appreciate you. Thanks for being you're welcome. on the show. Bye. All right, my friend. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for uh for being here and for listening to May and I. Uh, I hope you were able to walk away with some uh, little uh nuggets of advice as you're as you are leaning in to the possibility of learning more about yourself, wanting to have uh, an empowered dating life, really understanding more about really what you're seeking and what are the secrets to true connection. So I'm so excited that you decided to spend time with us today. And as a reminder, half of you that listen have not yet to subscribe. So I would love it if you would rate and review and subscribe this episode. You can uh, do that through Apple and Spotify. And if you're over on Instagram or Facebook, Come on and follow me at Cat Cantrell. All right. Well, thank you again for tuning in to today's show. And remember, true love is waiting for you. And I will see you next time. Bye.